This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. Uh, Andy Dorman now. Plays a great ball through to Sakaja. Completely through there. One on one. Oh, it's a foul. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. penalty. Oh, it's saved. Saved by Apaya Follow-up-go. Crazy Apaya follows up this missed penalty. Congratulated by Kieran Cadogan. Live interviews. First of all, a uh, big welcome to, to Steve Parrish and to Gareth. Um, thanks for coming along, guys. To have come into football, really, on the basis that there's one possibility for us to punch above our weight and move the club to the next level, to be then told that we can develop a kid to 16 through our coaching that... Presumably, then he's not as good as their coaching, or, 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 or you know, their facilities are better. You know, their cones are better than ours, or, or, or whatever it is. <laughs> and and yet we get to, you know, a player at 16, and they can come and take that player for 130,000 pounds. Expert analysis. Got home very late and feel very, very rough today. But that's another story. <laughs> but uh, mm, <laughs> smack bottom. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 Hi, and welcome to Hull Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and this is the first live show of the 2012-2013 season. Uh, with me today, giving their expert views and opinions, are Ben Nagel and Nick Gillard. Hi, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Mm, good to have you back. Um, we'll catch up with those two in a short while, but first of all, here's what we've got coming up. Uh, back by popular demand, well, three people, I'd say, wanted it back. We've got news in brief. Uh, we'll have a review of the final pre-season game against Reading. We'll preview the games against Exeter in the Cup and the home league game opener to Watford uh, as... The season begins. Hmm, I've said the season beginning twice there. That was good. Um, shows what happens if I write these links. I still mess it up. Hmm. Anyway, and the last thing we'll do is we'll give you some news on how to uh, enter the competition to win a ticket to that Charlton away game. So keep doing that. Um, if you don't want to talk to us today, send an email to radio at homestale.net. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, hopefully you won't get an error message like everyone's been getting today because I think we fixed that now, which would be fantastic. Uh, you can also give us a call at any point. Ring 0203 4755 nine. Uh, you can press 1 to be put through to us in the whole radio virtual studio. Uh, you can also ring that number 0203 999 at any time and use option 2 to leave us a voicemail, threatening or otherwise, uh, which will play out on, the, out on the show if good enough. So if you do need that rant after a game, then why not rant in our general direction? So why not put that number in your phone right now? 0203 4755 Calls are charged at your local rate, I believe. Anyway, without further delay, here is News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. 
Palace chairman Steve Parrish has revealed that Palace have bids in for two players. Speaking last week exclusively to Homesdale Radio, Steve said... So you've got a couple of bids in for players. Are they players that we've seen, like, uh, trialling or anything like that? Or are they uh, players that we, you know... No, no, I mean, no. no. There's nothing to do with trials. They're just players that we've, we've identified that we would be interested in bringing to the club. You can listen to the interview in full on iTunes or by visiting wholeradio.net. Kieran Cadogan was released from his Crystal Palace contract on Friday after failing to impress Dougie during his time at the club. Cadogan tweeted shortly after the news became public. I'd like to thank CPFC fans for a wonderful time and for sharing some memorable experiences with me. I hope to see you all again in the future. Kieran enjoyed his best season for Palace in the 2010-2011 campaign, making 16 appearances in the first team and scoring a nearly vital goal against QPR late on. However, QPR went straight up the other end and scored, making it 2-1. On Wednesday night, a near full-strength Palace side travelled down to the southwest to play Swindle Town. Palace emerged victorious with a hard-fought and occasionally fortunate 1-0 win against the Robins, who themselves brought a hugely competitive edge to the friendly. The match against Brighton at the Apex has been moved to Sunday the 17th of March, with kickoff being at 12 noon on the advice of the police. News in brave, brave, brave. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 yeah, it's good to have news in brief back. Um, I think we've probably said that number enough now. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned it about four times, and uh, yeah, yeah, then oh, a few more times there. Brilliant. Um, listen, we've also got the chat room, of course. Don't forget that. Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Hopefully, Nick is policing that at the moment. I'm not sure if there's anyone in there yet, but uh, but if not, why not head in there and uh, discuss what we're talking about live with some other strange people. Uh, and also, Ben is monitoring our Twitter account. That's at Whole Radio. Uh, if you want to tweet us or listen to the things, re- listen, read the things he's tweeting, um, then then do have a look. Uh, we're going to move straight on now to discuss that Reading match. Um, it was a mostly full-strength team that travelled to Berkshire to play the newly promoted club. Um, it was uh, a 2-0 defeat, which essentially was very very disappointing um very aware that i'm the only one of the, the lads who actually went but um i'll give you a, a quick idea of um of what what the game entailed i mean the the, the lineup for palace we had uh Spironi started in goal uh, we saw joe ward start at uh right back dean moxie at left back the center back pairing was paddy mccarthy and aaron martin as it's been for all the first team friendlies so far uh david wright and owen garvin sort of sat in the middle there with midfield just ahead of them at a point of almost, not quite a diamond, but a point of a triangle, shall we say, uh, was Johnny Williams. On the uh, left-hand side, we had Jonathan Parr in a sort of advanced position ahead of Moxie. And on the right-hand side, we uh, played Omar Kosoko, who's uh, a trialist who we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, and up front, on his own, uh, basically as the battering ram, was Aaron Wilbrahamovich, or Wilbraham as he's actually called. Um well, subs subs were Ramage, Price, O'Keefe, Murray, Easter, uh, KG, Zaha, Baxter, and Fennick. The joys of well, the sense in putting Baxter on the bench we'll discuss in a moment as well. It's an interesting one. So it was a full strength Reading team. I'm not really going to read out their players because I don't really see the point in it. We were here to discuss Palace. Um, so first half, really first half. Um, be honest, Palace started poorly. Um, Ward was getting a really tough time from from Robson Carney, and I'm going to sort of pause at, at that point in the summary to just to discuss Ward with with the lads. I mean, I think Ward's come in to to replace Nathaniel Klein. Um, I said before that, that what he has that Klein doesn't have is is height, but um, but he unfortunately he certainly seems a, a bit weaker one on one. Ben, it's obviously Klein's biggest strength being that one on one defending. You probably well, you'd be hoping for more from Ward. Mm, definitely. Well, it, of course, being the replacement for Nathaniel, Cl- Nathaniel Klein, it's big boots to fill. You know, Nathaniel Klein's so loved by Palace fans. He's got a, quite a big job on his hands. I mean, mm. this year, I, I was a fan of him at Portsmouth. I have to be honest with you, but yeah, it's going to take some time probably to, to fit into that role. But I think he's a player that that will be probably stand out for me this season. Um, he's, I mean, he's he's very he's very good going forward. I have to say, um, Nick. So um, Klein, though, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I was going to say bring bring Nick into the discussion on on that point as well. See, Klein was was good going forward, uh, probably a very very good one on one defender. But would you say Klein um, created enough 
on the on the overlap while he was at Palace, or is that perhaps something that we could could see better from I think, Ward? I think Clymer's more dangerous when suddenly he'd turn inwards and head towards the penalty spot on one of his little maze little dribbles, and you could you could see the opposition sort of dropping back in fear. It's when he did that I thought Clymer's is most effective. But mm. it'd be good if if we got Ward um, running up the wing. We've we've got the potential for Par and uh, Dean Moxie to kind of swap over, which is something we mentioned last season. Did, yeah. did you see any of that in the game? Well, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's a little bit like pre-season last year. I kind of, as soon as we saw the two together, we kind of thought, oh, that's what's going to happen. And, and, they, and they did it in pre-season last year. And then we didn't really get a chance to do it again. I think Moxie's injuries were a factor in that, of course. But um, but yeah, I mean, that that certainly seems to be something that we've worked on. And I was, I've been tweeting about this in a few of the pre-season games Although um, Spiky Matt on ways well, on various different forums, as Spiky mm. Matt pointed out, we did this last season as well, which I must have missed. But um, one of the one of the sort of new tactics has been for one of the central midfielders to to sort of drop deep and collect the ball, um, leaving the fullbacks free to push up sort of to the to the centre of centre of the pitch, uh, and and the other centre backs sort of push out. So you form like a three with the centre midfielder dropping into the back line and the fullbacks overlap so obviously there's a there's a keenness to get those fullbacks going forward and you you look at the, you look at Ward on one side and Moxie on the other side with Parr ahead of them and and potentially obviously Zaha I suppose um most likely to be the one picked out on, on the wing there I think at the moment with the current personnel and you think that there's a there could be a degree of overlapping going on there and, and, and it's is, a sort um, of is there you know is Glenn Murray going to be the man to nod them in when the crosses come over on, on pre-season, no, absolutely no chance on pre-season form. Um, I, you know, I don't want to. I'm going to probably bring this in when we talk about. Uh, I talk about the second half in a bit. But it was uh, something that, that Murray did that I found a little bit off uh, during the course of the game in, in his reaction with, with Wilf. But I'll, I'll go into that in a bit. Um, but essentially, I mean, yeah, obviously focusing there on the fullbacks and particularly on Ward at the moment. The, the minds are very much focused on is Ward a, a good enough replacement for Klein that, that you know it won't weaken the team in that position um, I've got to say going going forward Ward possibly offers even more than Klein did uh, but certainly one on one defending which was a real strength of Klein from from day one uh, I think I think we you know there's there's no two ways about it um, he's, he's you know he's not as good as Klein as, as a defender at, at this point in time but I mean, again, it's pre-season, early days, and hopefully that um, you know that that's something that will will change over time. And you know, he was up against a very good winger in, in Robson Carnu. Um, all right, so look, I mean, as the game wore on, uh, we started to see um, sort of Jody Williams really sort of uh, come into come into the fore and, and be pretty much the best player on the pitch. Um, and the passing game got going and. I want to talk about that midfield pairing of Owen Garvin and, and David Wright. Uh, again, I'll start with you, Ben. If, if I said to you, midfield pairing of Garvin and Wright, uh, what would your immediate reaction be? Well, yeah, it's not a team we would have played last year, I don't think, not at all. Um, but yeah, if that's something Dougie wants to try out, then then we can't really argue with that. But they're both decent players, you know, they, they do a job, but it's that partnership's one that hasn't really been tried before, you know, it's not a tried and tested, something that we've done before. Um, so I don't really know what to think. How did they play, Chris? Yeah, uh, okay. Um, again, Garvin was one of he's one of those players who sometimes you just don't notice at all. Um, and it's not that he's not getting the ball or not getting involved. He's just doesn't hold on to it for long enough. He's just kind yeah. of a link player, if you like. Um, but I mean, David Wright. It's an interesting one because I, you kind of forget what what he brought to the team in our best spell last season because. It, I think we had this whole thing where David Wright was the the pariah, if you like, and he he was the new Matt Lawrence, and everyone was focusing on you know what's the point in having David Wright in the midfield? He's a right back, or, and he's not even a good one of them. Blah 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 blah. And then and then he just won everyone over. Uh, and then unfortunately had um had an injury that kept him out for quite some time, and we all kind of forgot. I think that's fair, Nick. Nick. Yeah, David Wright. <laughs> we we did quite well when he was playing. Yeah, I, I mean, you were you were. You were you a right fan? No, all right. You're gonna. Just, <laughs> mm. Well, one thing I'd 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 say about Wright and Garvin, they both have things that they offer. You know, Owen Garvin is a fantastic passer of the ball, and David Wright maybe does more off the ball with his, you know, with his chat and and with his leadership. But 
yeah, I don't really know what to say about their partnership as a whole, really, because I haven't, I haven't <laughs> no, seen I'd much say, of it. The re- reason I brought it up it was just, it's the one I don't think we'd seen, obviously, and and you got hopes for kind of for for both in a way, and a lot of people seem to be hoping that Wright won't won't be in the team at all. Mm. But like I say I'm just kind of trying to make the point that that, that he was one of those like uh, well like Ramage, who we've obviously signed as well. Um, that that who who made such a positive impact in our best spell last season, Nick. I've got two questions for you. I've got the team sheet in front of me that you've mm. kindly provided. Um, the first question is: Did number thirteen come on for Reading at any point? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they still do this. I mean, they've got a bit of a reputation for being a slightly um, plastic club. I think the phrase is, um, and they've it got says, number number thirteen. Go on, Nick. Reading of fans. Surely, one thing about that: if mm. there's eleven players in the team, surely number twelve would be the Reading fans, if anything, not thirteen. Well, yeah, traditionally it's the twelfth man, isn't it? Yeah, so why thirteen? You know? <laughs> uh, does the ref count as number twelve? Maybe statistical oh. fact: mm. thirteen Reading fans. Oh, God, I, hope, yeah, I hope we don't take that up. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it's not something I I like to see. You know, if the fans are good, great. Then you know that. But but I mean, I don't know. It's, it seems to me like a quite empty gimmicky kind of gesture and I'm, I'm not really for them to be honest uh plus it seems deeply ironic given the state of the reading fans particularly in that <laughs> game uh nick you had another question yes, yeah my, my main point i wanted to ask you is looking at the the palace starting lineup how how close is that going to be to tuesday night against exeter or or next week well, Johnny Williams that. is unlikely to be in there, unfortunately, with the mm. he picked up a calf injury, which we'll uh, I'll talk about in a sec. But um, I don't think it's going to be that close. I, I wouldn't be surprised that if just if we don't sign anyone else, and we're obviously we're running out of time to do that um, in, before the extra game is what I mean. Not in general, you know, there's a while left of the window yet. But if we don't sign anyone else, I would not be at all surprised to see to see the par moxie combination out on the left. I think I think you know. Friedman being the man who signed Moxie, he really does rate him, and wants to wants to fit him and Parr in the same team. I mean, Parr's our Player of the Year. We're not gonna not gonna drop him, and I think he's a stronger left back than Dean Moxie. If I'm being completely honest, but if we can accommodate them, great. But the trouble I have is I think Wilf Zaha is actually better coming in off the left than he than he is the right. Um, and, you know, and at this moment in time, um, I'd rather make sure we have our best players in their most effective positions, but. You don't really know what um, what's being planned, and that's been a kind of a, a feature of the whole preseason. It's, it certainly gives the impression of disorganisation, whether that's the case, and it's just keeping cards close to chest and things like that. But, but um, I, I don't think I don't think it's that far off, Nick. But only on the uh, only because we don't really have that many other players to choose from. Uh, yeah. You know, so, uh, I certainly I'll be very very disappointed if we if we per- persevere with with Wilbraham on his own. Um, because he's a good player and he wins an awful lot in the air, um, and he's absolutely great at just just being that target man. But if it takes two, you know, well, if it takes thirty seconds for a player to get near enough to him for him to pass to, then uh, then it's no good being a good target man because you know he just he still needs people around him. It's not like Murray, who's not brilliantly suited to that target man role. You know, Wilbraham can play that role definitely. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, I I don't want to see that team. I suppose is the main point. I don't want to see that team come out uh, as, as our first first eleven against Exeter. I think there's too many weak links in it. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Just picking up on a, an, an email now that's coming since we're talking about a team, and I'm being asked by another. It's a joke name yet again. I mean, you know, we've been a been a while since we've been on air but they're still coming in dixie i won't say the surname uh, i'm listening from albany in the states i'm not sure you are uh, the team looks a bit weak in the center of defense do you think marrow and Wright can do a job in there well hmm uh marrow i think is unlikely to be anywhere near that first team um he's been in the development squad for the friendlies um not really stood out there but it's good to see him just getting minutes on the pitch to be honest but I, I think that they'll be looking to get him out on loan, as, as Lenny Lawrence said during the, the fans forum. And even with the, play, the team sort of low on, on players as it is, I think that's going to remain the case. Uh, David Wright could definitely do a job at centre-back, but but I think he said it himself. He's, he sees himself as a midfielder now, uh, and I don't think we'll look at that. Uh, we'll pick up more messages later on, but um, obviously, Ben, you've got a few tweets as well, if you like. Mm, yeah. 
We've got one in from Jack Maddox who said, uh, against Reading we had a good first half, but second half not so good, but our fans were a great laugh. And then he mentions that the back four are really tall, which is uh, a good yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, do you know what, it's, I mean, it might, it sounds like a sort of, uh, a sort of thro- throwaway comment, but, um, but uh, certainly specifically Martin is, is something that, I think a lot of people who haven't yet seen him and, and look, view the situation of us signing some young guy from Southampton who hasn't played that much football, probably thinking like some inexperienced guy to replace Gardner, what a joke that is, blah, 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 blah. And I've seen a lot of comments like it. So yeah, the second you see the guy, you'll, you'll, will, you will be a bit, you'll be much happier <laughs> to see him to see him alongside Paddy because he's bigger than Paddy, you know, I think. I think he's taller. He's certainly broader than Paddy. And he's, there's no messing with him, really. He's, he's, he's a really solid defender. And, it, you know, he certainly won't have the experience in, um, that Anthony Gardner brings. And, you know, you know, it's unlikely to be as quite as good a player, but he certainly looks good enough for championship level to me. Um, and and a real and does seem to complement Paddy very well. I think the two two seem to have, have you know certainly put the hours in at the training ground. But I look at it and they seem very organised. So I think it's a good good point worth making. Any more Ben before I move on? Um, just one about the commentator slagging off uh, Johnny Williams, which was a bit surprising. That's from Sam Ward. Yeah, yeah I read this. Yes, Sam's right. I read read about that. Obviously, I was at the game, so I didn't hear that, but. But someone was suggesting the commentator was sort of going, oh, it's not like it's a broken leg when he got taken or injured. Obviously, yeah. first thing being, Johnny Williams has had a broken leg very recently. So it's a bit distasteful um, and shows a lack of research from the commentators. God, Nick, don't you hate commentators who don't do their research? Says me, who um, who introduced every Cray player during our commentary as the Cray player. Apart from, Ty- <laughs> apart from Tyrone Sterling. I remembered his name after 45 minutes. Oh, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, again, obviously Williams actually, it was, a, it was a genuine injury. And I think we, we can probably talk about that. It's a natural place to go, really, in that first half. We really did struggle once, once Johnny Williams went off. Um, he just seemed to get a kick. And he got a few of them. He got a few against Swindon as well. And he's just too quick-footed, too quick foot, footed, if that's a phrase. He's got quick feet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honest, I just it's worth it's more more so than Wilf because Wilf, you know, is about doing a trick to get past someone, but Williams isn't doing any tricks. He's just so much quicker than everyone, and he just moves the ball before they can even think about putting their foot in the way. So they end up kicking air or the back of his legs. Um, and he just got one kick too many, unfortunately. It didn't look tremendously serious but it looked like one of them where his his trailing leg got sort of caught and and i think it's just strained the calf and yeah it's a real blow because i mean we i guess something i want to discuss again that we got a slight reliance on these these young players but i mean it you know it's a blow for him to have to go off uh nick yeah i was just gonna say it shows how fragile our squad is really doesn't it but I think there's there's another point in there as well that when you have someone like Williams, I don't know if it's just the English game or not because well, and you see you see Spanish football and you see Messi get kicked all around the pitch as well, I suppose. But but he's it's just something that is going to have to happen. It's no matter what you do, you know, John Williams is going to be buzzing around and he's going to be moving the ball too quickly for people and changing direction before the you know lump, big lumbering centre halves can do anything, and he's going to get kicked all over the place. And I don't really know how he, how he's going to get enough protection. Any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely none, to be honest. I think with the injury as a whole, it's we want to hope it's precautionary. When a player's had quite a bad injury, like Johnny Williams has, mm. you're, you're always going to take him off just in case. You know he's going to make that injury worse when he hasn't fully recovered. But yeah, it's, it's worrying. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just show. I mean, if you, you, almost the whole season can hang on him at times when you see what mm, he, yeah. sort of things he does. I say I do honestly believe that while he was on that pitch, he was the best player on either side. Um, what pitch? Uh, what? What pitch? That pitch. That pitch. That pitch. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that pitch. The Reading. You know, we're talking about the Reading game. I hate what, in it. that Berkshire. In that Berkshire. Yes. You're certainly a Berkshire. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, actually, Omar hmm. Kosoko, a lot of people have been talking about him. Obviously, he's on trial, or was on trial, I don't know if he still is. People have been saying that he's been brilliant, so what, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, we want to, want to get that into a little bit of perspective. I've been certainly been one of those people who, in you know, in the limited 140 characters, might have been coming off a little over the top in my excitement. But um, he's, um, how can I put this, he's a really, he's obviously got a lot of skill. Uh, he's quick. He seems quite a strong player. Um, 
he is capable of moments like the first five minutes we saw of him at um, at Swindon. He, he like the, the first thing he did was just just sort of breeze past someone with a sort of tremendous Zaha-like bit of skill. You know, he was getting crosses in. He had a fantastic shot when he cut in on his left foot. It was arrowing into the top corner that was well saved. And after five minutes, we thought, oh my God, what the hell? Where the hell has this guy been? Well done, Dougie, mm. for keeping him, you know, keeping him quiet because this is fantastic. And then for the next 10 minutes or so, he looked like uh, a pub player. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then just like he has these little moments where he'll just spark into life. And he, it was the same against Reading. He had, you know, if, if you were thinking to the, what were the moments in that first half where, where Palace looked at their best. You know, he he was one who was involved in them quite a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. My gut feeling is I don't think we'll sign him. So we probably will end up signing him because I've got it. I've got it wrong every time. So, <laughs> but like, he, you know, he's definitely got something. But whether he's got enough for for Dougie to take a gamble, I mean, I think people are going to suggest not with with the rate we're releasing players. But um, I don't, I don't really know. I he's so he's so he's so inconsistent. That I can't really tell you if I want us to sign him. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think that if if we're on a tight budget, which you know Steve was was arguing the semantics of that a little bit last week, saying, well, is it a tight budget when we're spending ten million quid when we've increased the wage wage budget by forty k a week? You know, I can see that point. Fair fair enough. It isn't a tight budget, but let's just see. we're a club that has a certain degree of resources and we can bring in a certain number of players. Is it is he's he's going to be a player that is a risk? He's going to be a player that you're not going to spend however much money it is on a contract, whether whether there's a transfer fee involved or not. I don't know. He he's not going to be able to start a game and play ninety minutes and and you know be consistent at all. He's the sort of player that you would buy, and then that first season he'd be on the bench when you need a goal. We bring him on to try and rattle them with pace, and you know maybe have that little moment of skill that that makes all the difference that's the sort of player he is um hopefully that answers your question but yeah. you see what i mean it's a tough one that um I, i'm much less certain about him than i was about baxter <laughs> and um and we know how that one's ended uh that in itself was odd because we were told that he was being released and then he tweeted that he was going back home for good and then the next day he's on the bench so i <laughs> don't really understand yeah that. um again obviously topic of discussion at the game that one was um you know why the hell is is baxter here it's a good question. And um, he did tweet after the game, though, didn't he, that he definitely was going, yeah, so there's no chance we're going to sign him. Absolutely. He's gone and he was going be- before before that. And there's, um, again, there's, there's someone was ju- suggesting that they were sitting next to his dad at the game, and his dad said that the answer was that um, that we didn't have the money to offer him a contract. And then Steve Parrish has since denied that on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and said it was because he's not fit enough. Um I, I don't know. Again, I don't know. It, when you when you look at that situation, as a fan, you only look at it and think, did he look a good player? Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, did he look like a player who could make a difference for us? Yeah, he, yeah. Would I have signed him? Yeah. I'm doing the Ian Dowie interview yourself. <laughs> I, know that, I guess but, if um, you were in Dougie's shoes with that one, you, you'd be saying, you know, you haven't seen him in in training every day. Like we basically just see him for for however long, half an hour on a pitch when he comes on, but. Dougie sees him every day in training, and he must he must have thought that he isn't good enough. So yeah, well, I made the point on my blog, whole radio done it forward slash blog, that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that one of the things that was perhaps more obvious than than we really realised last season was that we faded in games and we faded towards the end of the season. Uh, and Dougie said in his programme notes, I think probably second to last game of the season, I know why we faded, and it's not going to happen again. He was very adamant about that. He didn't mm. say what it was. Um, and I would suggest that the entire pre-season points to it being fitness. Yeah. Uh, that he is not prepared to take a risk on players who aren't able to produce, you know, on a regular basis because of lack of fitness. And I suppose that someone made the point that Dougie wasn't that sort of player, but he played a long time and obviously looked after himself pretty well. So, um, yes, in, in games, he wasn't one to hair around the pitch and what have you, but... But he definitely, you know, he definitely was a physically fit player. I think it's fair to say. And yeah, again, I, I, I just think that there might might be something there. Um, I'm not sure. 100. percent Well, I'm certainly disappointed that we haven't signed Baxter. I really am. I just don't know what else the guy could have done um, other than be physically fitter. Um, 
because either either he's not fit enough now, but he's still a great player, which he seemed to be. Um, and, and we when we take him and, and we get him up, we get him into shape. The only thing I can kind of think is that if Dougie didn't believe that he would get fit enough, you know, however long we had him, then I suppose there's an argument there. But yeah, it was very disappointing. I don't want to dwell too much on it because it's, you know, obviously it's a big negative um, and it's a huge sort of talking point at the moment. But let's. Um, Let's get this uh, Reading chat out of the way and we can, we can have a little chat about uh, last week's show as well, well the things that Steve was saying. Um, so, yeah, first half, true uh, to an end, we were the, you know, the weaker team, but it was still level when we went in. Uh, second half, Reading were much, much stronger. Uh, essentially just blew us away. Uh, for the, probably for 40 of the 45 minutes, uh, we were pretty much chasing shadows. A lot of personnel changes. I don't want to Again, go into any real detail about who came on for who and who did what. Um, obviously, if you guys have got any questions about how people played or where they played, by all means ask. But um, that's, but I mean, the, the one thing I wanted to focus on in that in that second half was was Wolf Zaha when he came on. Uh, he made a big difference. He didn't come on until very, very late in the game, uh, and every time I've seen him this preseason, he looks like he's he's kicked on another level already. He really does. Um, People just cannot get near the guy. Um, but there was a moment uh, that I hinted at earlier on. Um, and basically, Wilf, Wilf was going down the right-hand side, dribbled past a couple of players, as he does. Um, but the ball, he was sort of kicking the ball well ahead of himself. And uh, basically, it was one of those, I'm looking at it, and he's sort of got past a couple of defenders. I'm thinking, all right, get the crossing, get the crossing. Cross got blocked, went out for a throw or a corner, I forget which. And then you sort of looked across and Glenn Murray was berating Zaha. I'm thinking, oh, what's happened there? And the two were really at each other for quite some time. Uh, you know, it's a good, good couple of minutes of shouting backwards and forwards. And I, the gist of it seemed to be that, that Glenn Murray wanted the ball played in by Wilf earlier. Now, I think it's a fair criticism of Wilf that he doesn't always get an early crossing, hasn't always got his head up. But I have to say, on this occasion, it really did look to me that... Um, the, 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 there was no real chance for Wilf to get an early ball in, and it just kind of pointed to some frustration on Murray's part. Uh, and, and he's been a he's cut a disconsolate figure all pre-season, really, and a bit of a worry. Nick, who yeah, who sorted out this little dispute? Did Paddy come up as captain? No, no, so look, no one, no one sorted out. Or no, um, basically, uh, Wilf was sort of walked off remonstrating in the end. Now, look, these things happen all the time, and it's great to see sort of passion on the pitch, but it. it it did, did seem times last season as well when it was it tended to be Murray looking looking at Wilf and you know berating him. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. For not for not really getting uh not really getting the ball in early enough. And I, it's a it's a valid criticism, as I said, at times of Wilf, but but you know, I I think there's a certainly anyone watching that game could have pointed out to Glenn Murray that if he ran around a bit quicker and put um put a bit more effort in, he might have got a few more chances as well. So there we go. Um you know, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Murray's as well, to be quite honest with you. So, um, yeah, um, I can yeah. So dis- disappointing in, in to some degree, and I'm, I think the telling point was Dougie Friedman uh, being unwilling to talk to the local press after the game. Um, all we really got out of him, him or, or the club was that that Johnny Williams had um, had taken that knock. Uh, um, I've had a and on Johnny Williams, I've had an email in from uh, from Jerry. Jerry Clark, Palace Radio. Uh, it says, interesting conversation about Johnny Williams. I can tell you that all the Reading guys in the press box were very impressed with Williams, despite what they may have said on their commentary. Uh, they he controlled the first half and were secretly pleased to see him off the pitch. Uh, the challenge by Guthrie was awful, and he's right here. Guff, 
bloody Danny Guthrie's got previous, didn't he, for bad challenges, and he certainly did a horrible challenge on Johnny. Um, he said what Williams proved in that first 36 minutes is that he'll be crucial this season, uh, although he'll definitely miss Exeter. Uh, I'd be hopeful he'll start against Watford. Well, that's great if, if that's the case, Jerry. Uh, and thanks for your email, mate. And uh, obviously you guys do some wonderful work on Palace Radio as well. And uh, hopefully there'll be plenty of guys tuning in to hear you uh, next Saturday and um, welcoming you back to the airwaves. Uh, Nick says that the um, chat room is dead, so if you do want to join him in there, I think he seems upset about it, to be honest. Super Zander's <laughs> in here. Oh, uh, good. Well, Hello, good. Super Zander. You, you guys getting on well? <laughs> yeah, we we just had a little chat about Reading's number thirteen being the fans and right, good. well, 12. if you want to have been the manager and you know, if you want to liven up that chat, yeah, I was going to say you want to liven up that chat and and join yeah. the enthusiastic Nick Gillard <laughs> in there. Whole <laughs> <laughs> radio dot net forward slash chat. Um, I reckon obviously over the course of the season we're hoping that it will build into a crescendo that chat room. And you just won't be able to get in there. It'll be like a members club, but for the moment. There's plenty of space in that members club. At the moment, it's like a members <laughs> club. Yeah. Well, there are there's certainly a member in there, isn't there, Nick? <clears throat> yes. Ben, you had a tweet. Yes, uh, just on Williams, like you just had the email from one Aaron Mitchell. I don't know if you know him. I've he, heard. Uh, he says, Williams will be key this season. He should be played behind two strikers to offer service to them. Mm, yeah. I think it's his best role, but the, the beauty of... Uh, of the ability of John Williams is that, despite being a, a you know small in stature, he he can play directly in a central midfield and, and mix it with the best of him as well. So in a way, I do think, I do think, kind of just giving him an attacking responsibility only is a little bit defeatist. I think he can do much much more of that um, than than just that. But but yeah, I'd say in the in the well, we, I, I expect to see that. I expect to see Williams, you know, in our best eleven at the moment. Williams playing ahead of. Uh, Jedinak and KG. And a word for that, obviously, we didn't see um, Jedinak in that sort of that starting line. In fact, I don't even think he was in the squad at all. No, he wasn't. Um, so, again, um, hopefully, you're not injured, and it's just a case that he'd played at Swindon and wasn't going to play at uh, a Reading. But he was a big miss last season. Uh, and, and again, I think he's a massively underrated uh, player for us. But, I mean, we're going to end that there because we want to have a little chat amongst ourselves about a few of the issues that. Uh, sort of raised out of last week's show um, so I mean I, I sort of talk well pre-season as a whole has been has been the, the sort of the, 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 well has been a, a negative for a lot of people you know we, we made three early signings and we made a fourth signing in Peter Ramage um, that people haven't particularly got excited about or whatever so and, and obviously Steve made his comments about what you know what is the point in an exciting signing let's just get the right people in kind of thing Um but really, the, there was quite a lot of um, feedback off of um, off of our interview, and again, it, off of comments that Steve's made um, during the Reading game. Uh, if I pick up on those, Steve said um, that we're quite close to a couple of signings, um, sort of during that game. And, and but obviously, after the game, there was a few negative tweets coming on. And one of the things that, that got tweeted was that um, he, he made a point about he's, you know, Steve said, "I'm not the one who plays two de- defensive midfielders." I'm not the one who plays a striker, uh, one one up front. Uh, I'm the one who signs the checks, and and immediately, as is the way with a lot of fans, there was a, a hysterical reaction that he was somehow actually making a point about the manager and slagging the manager off, and he was again forced to clarify it. And I think if anyone just stopped and thought for a moment, they'd have realised that what he's actually saying is, if you ask him about team selection, if you ask him about tactics, it's not it's not up to him. He's the chairman. You know, he's the one who, who signs the checks, as he says. He's the one who goes out. Uh, he's well. He's the one who points and fires a manager, I suppose. But obviously, he's the one who who backs or chooses not to back the manager. It's just that's how it is. It's not up to him to make that. And that's again, that's the only point he was making, really. Um, and that kind, but that kind of fuels is so that was fueled from the kind of attitudes that are on the message boards at the moment. And I know you wanted to talk specifically about that, Nick. Yeah, it's it's it's. Somebody's throwing a grenade in the message boards. The, the <laughs> thing about the parish inter- interview, though, is you stopped the Ross McCormack thread somewhat. So it has had some uh, really good things. It's the opinion's so polarised. We've even got Fred on whether there should be threads about threads about stuff. It's it's just getting ridiculous. And until we can start the season proper, and until the transfer window closes, it's all conjecture, and it's flim flam from both sides. 
of this argument, I think, and we should just wait and see. Um, I've started a thread. I can't. I'm, I seem to be of the mind that we have a crap pre-season. We do really well the, the season <laughs> that follows the pre-season, and I, I, I don't know whether that's true or not. Whether that's my mind playing tricks, but you are very yeah. old, now, so it's hard to say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we we had a quite a good pre-season last season, didn't we? We did, and, yeah. Um, the season didn't pan out so well at the end, but I'm sure we've had really awful pre-seasons and we've had all the chicken licking, the skies falling in kind of reaction from people. Yeah. And we've actually done quite well. And know, it's it clicked. Feels, it feels more hysterical than ever. Uh, ben? Yeah, without wanting to focus too much on that negative stuff, I went on the, on the Homestyle threads earlier on and just jotted down a few of the titles. It literally took me a couple of minutes, two, three minutes, the first one I found was fed up, pissed off, and generally lost the faith. The next one was, if, is Freeman up to the job, yes or no? And then there was a post underneath simply stating no. Taxi for Glenn Murray, bad feeling. Uh, that talks about a rift between the board and the manager. And the person says if he was Dougie, he would walk. Um, a prediction of league finish, and the first comment is 20th. Dougie won't last the season. There's a poll on the homestead that says, are you optimistic about the new season? And 68% of people said no. And all this is pretty much because we've lost a couple of pre-season games and we haven't signed Ross McCormack. It's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because, and go, going back to the Steve Parrish on Twitter thing as well, no other chairman in the world is so open with the fans as, as Parrish is. And I think we're at risk of, of losing that if we carry on the way we're going, just completely slating him all the time. I, I can't imagine the amount of tweets he would have got last night after I mean, a, a pre-season against a very strong red inside who... In all honesty, are, are going to probably do quite well in the Premiership this season. Looking at the team sheet, you know they've got well Gareth McCleary, who played for Reading yesterday, completely tore us apart for Nottingham Forest last year. And then, you know, Pogrebniak is a fantastic player. Adam Lafondra, Casper Gorks, they got a very good side. I think losing two 0 to them with a, well, a quite not a full strength side from Palace is is ridiculous to to go ape about about that performance. Yeah, listen, you're right, Ben, and part of it came from the fact that Reading were actually pretty ordinary. Um, they, they, you know, they weren't a great side. And, um, but, but I think, well, certainly most people at the game um, had a, had a kind of, well, had the right attitude. Uh, but I'll tell a, a very short, st- well, I'll tell a story. I'll call it a short story, but you know what I'm like. But um, about about something that happened at the game that was extremely funny for for all of us and kind of sums it up for me and then we'll uh, then we'll move on uh, very very quickly basically um i tend to to be at the back of the uh, stand with the people singing that's like you know it's where i spend the away games and um you know we're, we're doing our usual thing of singing to support the, the 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 team in the face of whatever's on the pitch it doesn't doesn't change the fact we don't stop singing all the game you know it was and really it was the first pre-season friendly that everyone had been like that and, and started singing so anyway we're doing that and midway through the second half uh a young lad wearing his mum's curtains as a shirt comes up and walks up to the top, um, clearly drunk, but sort of like holding some fish and chips and starts, you know, effectively berating everyone at the back of the stand. And, you know, you stop and listen for a little bit. And he was saying that, you know, everything, everything's falling apart. You're idiots for supporting the team. How dare you sing along while, they're, while this rubbish is out on the pitch? Then started chanting for Simon Jordan to come back. Um, obviously, the reaction... Well, you know, without going into the details of it, he got absolutely ruined by the crowd, just torn to shreds. Um, and we were having a lot of fun banter with the Reading fans as well, singing, singing their darts theme tune every time they missed a shot and all that sort of stuff. It was a really good day out for, for a pre-season. And this kid, to me, this, you know, you would say he's a kid, he's probably in his early 20s and should know a lot better. Uh, he, re- you know, he, he, to me, sums up that the, hyster- the hysteria, the fact that there's no real grasp, grasp on reality anymore. He's at a pre-season friendly against a premiership side uh, where we've seen a whole, all manner of substitutions and, by f- um, you know, not a full-strength side. We included a trialist. We included a player that we'd already told him we were not going to sign. Um, you know, and our, and our best players weren't out there. And the best player on the pitch on our, was on our team and got kicked off the pitch. So there's all these little things, and they didn't really enter into his mind. He just completely lost it and ended up getting thrown out of the ground for mouthing off to his own supporters. And that, to me, kind of sums up the message boards at the moment. I am not saying for a second that there isn't a point. There's plenty of really good points being made. And you'd have seen from the things that I've been saying that I am genuinely worried about the lack of... Uh, sort of action 
at the moment and and you know the fact that we we got a game on tuesday it's our first competitive game of the season and i'm still thinking we're a downside weaker than we were and that's one thing we said we wouldn't be we would not be a weaker squad when we start this season than we ended last season and i don't think that's the case and i think it's possibly a mistake so ben over to you and then we'll move on yeah without wanting to dwell too much on this because i know we do have to move on going back to steve Parrish and, and twitter um, we've had a tweet in from Sam Ward that says, do you have a take on Abrahams from TalkSport? I think I saw a little argument last night. I've, got, I've written something about this. Um, Moose from TalkSport is, is somebody that a lot of Palace fans have, have a bit of gripe with because, in all honesty, he's not a very good broadcast journalist. Um, and Steve Parrish tweeted him that there'd been a bit of an argument. And then Steve Parrish tweeted him and said, so if you're not friends with the club, you cause all sorts of shit. But if you, can, if you, but if you happen to like someone there, it's different. And I think that kind of sums up. But I think... Steve Parrish has been pretty nice to him in the in the past, and it, last night just got to him, and he had all those tweets coming, in and he just kind of flipped and yeah. went off on one. Well, I think it's it was very much a fair comment because you basically you saw with the Zaha stuff, and to a degree it was Klein as well. He was saying that West Ham are going to sign Zaha, they're going to sign Klein, and they're going to you know they're in talks, and what the Palace management are telling you is rubbish and all that sort of stuff. And you know Steve Parrish repeatedly clarified it for him on Twitter. And then Moose had the uh, audacity earlier on to say he wouldn't talk about uh, Clint Dempsey uh, because he's got friends at Fulham and it's not fair on them. <laughs> so obviously Steve's gone, well, hold on a second. You know, you didn't show any kind of restraint when you were lying about Wilf Zaha joining Palace. Oh, dear. But then, of course, the Reading fans think they're getting Wilf Zaha as well. But there we are. But as Steve made that pretty clear last, last week as well. Um, OK, let's move on. We've got a few little plugs for you. First of all, we've referenced it a couple of times um, uh, when I heard we weren't signing Baxter, I um, I admit to uh, slightly losing my rag and writing a blog. So if you want to visit www.wholeradio.net forward slash blog, you can see, uh, first of all, there was a welcome blog in there. And the follow-up blog is my slight rant, so slight and slight sort of musings on the current situation. Uh, and I re- related it back to the Olympics, all clever-like. It was good. Hmm. Anyway, uh, and hopefully we and the rest of the, well, me and the rest of the lads will be keeping that updated all season. So do check in. Uh, I don't know if you have to assume you can subscribe and follow blogs and stuff like that. I haven't really looked into it, but do that. Um, we also play a Football Manager 2012 network game. Uh, if you head to wholeradio.net forward slash FM12, uh, you'll see the details there. Basically, obviously, there's no cost to play or anything like that. Uh, you can pick any championship team that's available when you start. And you can talk to all of us while you play. Um, it's a fantastic way to while away several hours that you don't have spare uh, in an evening. And we just, obviously we talk about times that we play and all that sort of stuff as we go. So wholeradio.net forward slash FM12. Uh, and, okay, let's talk about this, the, the chance to win a Charlton ticket. Um, you email your name and phone number and address to competition at wholeradio.net to be automatically entered into the competition. The winner will be announced on the 9th of September 2012, uh, and to win you will need to be listening live on that day. That's the 9th of September 2012. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how you're going to win on that day, only that you must be listening live to that show. If you're not listening, we read your details out, you're not going to win. We'll just go to someone else. So just to reiterate, it's competition at wholeradio.net. There's one chart on ticket will be available and email your name, phone number and address. Competition at wholeradio.net. Don't tell right. me it's in the chart and then, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it might be the way things are going at the moment. Um, okay. So Have you got to swift- take an inflatable doll to Exeter, Middlesbrough and the other place to get this ticket, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to have to, yeah. yeah. But I was going to do that anyway, Nick, so it <laughs> kind of ties in nicely with my plans. Um, nice. All right. Well, we're run- overrunning by minute, but that's better than we've ever done before, ever. Um, we're going to preview the Exeter game now. Obviously, Tuesday night, we travel to Exeter um, to play uh, in, a, what's it called now? The Capital One Cup. That's it. Jeez. Yeah, the Cock Cup. The, the what? The Cock Cup. The Capital Cock One. Cup. Capital One Cup. Hmm. No, it'd be the Cock Cup. Cock Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, Brilliant. Oh, I'm about to have a coughing fit, Ben. So um, you've done some work on um, on the on Exeter for me. Yes. So why don't you uh, talk about um, their their sort of preseason and sort of things we might be to, might be expecting from them? Yeah, obviously it's a massive game uh, to start the season. 
away at Exeter in the uh, Capital One Cup. So if we look a little bit at their pre-season games, they've, um, we, well, haven't played many teams, but Dorchester, FC United, Southampton, Torquay, Millwall, Chippenham and Yeovil, uh, they've scored, they've scored a lot of goals, if I'm honest. Um, in those in those preseason games, they won four nil, one three one, drew three all, lost three two, one four three, drew two all, um, and none of those games they haven't scored. So they've been scoring every game. It's a bit ridiculous, really. Um, and so looking at signings really quickly, a couple of quite big name signings going to Exeter: Jamie Curitan uh, and Matt Oakley. Jamie Curitan's thirty six, and Matt Oakley's thirty four. So two, well, not old. I was elderly then. Uh, two quite <laughs> oh, yeah. old signings. <laughs> um, Jamie Curitan, it's his third spell at Exeter, um, possibly to finish his career. He scored 230 goals uh, in his career, and he's played for Reading and Norwich along the way. Uh, Matt Oakley, he was with Paul Tisdale, the manager at Southampton, and he's just left left Leicester, and he was captain there. Um, And he's been on loan to Exeter before at the end of 2011, but I think those two signings are quite quite hefty for them, really. Yeah, Oakley was a player that we were looking at when, I think, Burley came in. you know, obviously it's a couple of seasons ago now, but a uh, very, very good player there. Uh, a very Im- impressive signing. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a worry there. I sort of heard a chiming noise there. Did anyone else hear that? Was it just me? Oh, oh, just ignore me. I've been told what it is. <laughs> I, apo- I apologise. No one else heard the chiming noise. It was just me. Um, I, so, yeah, and obviously Curitan, someone who's, like you say, he's been around a long, long time and scored a lot of goals. Didn't quite realise how many until you said it there. Um, so they're no mugs. Um, if, yeah. Um, Is it something like, you're looking forward to going to, Chris? Have you been there before? No, no, I haven't. No, and I'm, I cannot. It's a, it's a ground with a terracing. With, with a terracing? With some terracing. Yes. Um, I, oh, I can't wait. I absolutely love it. Um, obviously, the Peterborough Terrace is now gone. And there's not very many that that, that many chances to visit. Is a this going to be the terrace? last time we ever see the Great Harimbo um, Conga? Um, it might well be. The Great Harimbo Conga usually ends with just me falling over on my own for no real reason. Um, oh. Happened happened during the, the terracing at Peterborough, but I'm I'm yeah I really can't wait, and I, I've got a horrible feeling we're going to lose the game because obviously last year it was a fantastic cup run and. You know, it's our first competitive game of the season. Just with the way things are going, it just feels like it's going to be one of them where you know we're going to lose two 0 and not create a chance. But uh, well, I mean, sort of on on our sort of pre-season form, I don't know. If there's anything we can read into that? What do you reckon, Nick? I don't think you can read anything into any team's pre-season form. I really don't. I think it's chopping and changing the manager trying different things it, it's nothing like a competitive proper game nothing like it I don't think you can base anything on it at all no, that's fair enough Ben you agree? yeah I completely agree I mean a lot of teams play club 11s they play academy sides you don't really see their first team when I mean 11 of their first team all playing together until the start of the season so I think well, I don't really know what team we're going to play, actually. I was going to say you have to wait until Tuesday to see the full strength, but against Exeter, we're probably not going to play full strength, are we? I don't, I don't think so. I think there was a degree of uh, hints dropped, um, I think, at the end of the season, really, when we spoke to, to, sort of, to Steve Parrish and talked about that cut run. He said, I, I won, I, you know, it was a what great thing. Run? Every time I say that, Nick either says in the chat here <laughs> or says out loud, what... Stop it, all right? Just stop it. That stop cup run, that London and things. That that cup run <laughs> where we got to, um, you know, that semi-final uh, against Cardiff. Look, um, I, we were basically told that it was a great. It was great to have that, but it's not as important as the league. So I'm expecting us to to treat it with respect, but to play the, the fringe players. Having said that, I have um, not been massively impressed with the strength of our fringe players and I think that's kind of culminated in the release of of Kieran Cadogan who you know who didn't really set the world alight um pre-season uh, against some fairly low standard opposition and that's where where you start to worry about our, our fringe players you know when the best fringe players we've got are sort of 16 years old in Reese Alazani and, and things like that it is a concern and I'm not sure whether we'll see Anyone of that age joining? Uh, Nick, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, it's um, Kadogan's gone, and um, we've we've lost Sean and 
I'm, I know they have said that they've died. Sorry, they haven't. It's it's um, how much of our youth actually ends up in the first team? Do we know of, of the academy? Mm. What's the hit rate? I don't know. A lot I think of it's, it's go. Yeah, but it's got to be higher than most. To be honest with you, certainly in the last few years, um, yeah. you don't really expect more than one or two to sort of make it through from any group. Um, I, I just can't. I can't really remember a time where so many were, were getting there. If, if you look, one of the one of the I haven't really mentioned it, but one of the sort of standout players for me pre-season has been Matt Parsons. Um, he's looked great out at left back there, and I really hope he, if he's not going to feature on a regular basis for us, I hope he gets goes out and gets some games on loan because he he needs to be playing competitive football now because really there's nothing else for him at a development level. He just needs to get get some some proper games, and uh, you know people like that, like you don't you kind of he was it was touch and go whether he was going to get a professional contract when he was the second year scholar, and he just had a little. I remember him having this little spark at the end of the season where he just just convinced them to give him a chance. And I look at someone like Cadell Daniel, he's a who really impressed me at Cray, and this is you know he's only got a six month contract or something like that, and I can't you know he's. You think that's the signs are giving someone a six month contract. The signs are that he's just it's just a ticking over and he'll be let go. But I, I saw him playing. He can play at left back or in midfield, and he's you know I think he's good enough to to make it at Palace. I really do, and it's, I just can't ever remember a time where there were so many good ones coming through. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those players at the very least. Um, play the game against Exeter. I'm expecting some people like Stuart O'Keefe to start, for example. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Ryan Innes get a game at a centre-half or something like that. Um, and, I, you know, you expect someone like Fennick again to, to play that, who's had a decent... decent Spirani? Will Spirani play? Yeah, it's got to be Lewis Price, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one, one thing I wanted to kind of uh, bring to your attention, probably to end, end on, just before we give some predictions for what you reckon of that game, is one of the factors I thought last year... In our in our cup run was drawing all those ga- getting all those draws at home. That game at Craw- against Crawley, I think if we'd played the team that we played, uh, even though I did have Will and Johnny Williams in it, but I still think if we'd put that team out at Crawley away to Crawley, I think we'd probably been knocked out of the competition and never given it a second thought. Um, but but we kind of we kind of learnt a lot from a. Uh, from, from doing that, from from playing a sort of what was our second team at the time against Crawley, and just seeing how a few people stepped up. And Williams was one, and O'Keefe was another. And O'Keefe was possibly the success story of that cup run because he's someone who, you know, Dougie had brought in. Obviously, knew he was good, but but I don't think he had probably any designs on playing him as a you know first team starter in any game at all. Um, and just by his performances in that competition, he, he convinced up, convinced him otherwise. Um, could get some predictions from you, please, chaps? Ben? Uh, two nil Palace. Mm. Nicholas? Palace to go through on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> please don't make it penalties. I've got to work the next day. It's horrible. Um, I'm going to go with a two nil defeat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I went there. Talking about negativity, uh, Sharon, and you come out with that, you of all people. <laughs> I'm a positive person, but I just think we're going to have some uh, more rough before we get any smooth, so to speak. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. We talk mm. Watford. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk Watford. You've got On some stuff time. Watford. Mm, right. I don't know. Um, There's probably not any point looking at the pre-season results. I've written a few down, but like we said before, you can't take an awful lot from, from them playing Borehamwood, no. Wildstone and Cork City. <laughs> Um, well, so, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it was a great game. That I think it's, a, it's if I'm honest, it's a good time for us to play them. I looked at the league table today, and they're sitting right at the bottom in 23rd. I mean, just Wolves are below them at that. They've not picked up; they haven't picked up any points so far this season. So, really? uh, with us struggling. up in 11th place. <laughs> hey, okay, I'll, I'll, right, I'll be sharp, serious. <laughs> um, if we look at signings, because um, that's been a big talking point for Watford, I think in the, in the preseason they've sound. Signed Manuel Almunia, um, obviously formerly with Arsenal on a one-year contract. He's there to replace Scott Loach, who went to Ipswich, and Fitz Hall, Palace, obviously, also on a one-year contract, brought in to replace Adrian Mariapa, who went, who's gone to Reading. Um, they got new owners last month, Watford, who also own Granada and Udinese. Um, yeah. So they've got in five season-long loans, all using the strength of that Pozzo family network of clubs. Um, Alman Abdi, Matej Vrida, Steve Leo Belek, 
Daniel Pudil and Ikechi Anya um, from those two sides. And I think oh, right. people have been a bit worried about them um, because there's been a possibility of the club being used as a nursery to provide experience for youngsters from Udinese. I think a lot of Watford fans have been worried that, that you know the club hasn't been bought for the right reasons and they're there just to, to fund Udinese, yeah. who obviously uh, got into the Champions League last hey. season. Tell you, you know, I, yeah, if I was a Watford fan, I wouldn't know how to feel because obviously Zola's manager, isn't he now? So yeah. you, you're thinking, well, you know, it's, it's a big name, uh, you know, little man, big name. Um, it's also quite a small name. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I've distracted myself. Uh, but yeah, and, and they're signing players from, from clubs that have done very well. And it's a model that the, those owners have used, like you say, elsewhere. It's, and they've got the scouting network and they bring all these guys in. And they're sharing them around the clubs now, as you can see. And you think that, that there's a there's a lot of positives to take from that, but you kind of think that do sure. they do um, they understand that it's you know you you don't really want that. You don't want to be part of I don't know. You don't want part of some weird little network. I don't know, Nick. What do you reckon? Doesn't one of them become like the first team? So like the the, the strongest team might be playing in a completely different country to the potential B team, which will go to the next sort of league of importance as the mm. owners see fit or will they just dissipate the talent which means none of the teams do very well because they're swapping them around all the time yeah you've got to say you've got to say anyone uh, any great you know prospect that comes through at Watford there's a strong chance that, that they'll go to whichever of the other clubs is determined mm. that you know the one that's going to make the most impact you know in, in, in the football world uh, it's a real it's a real strange one and obviously they had a day during the course of the closed season where they signed seven players and you see, you sort of see us you see us kind of thinking you know we would be desperate for a signing if seven suddenly turned up in one day I think certain people's heads would explode but like mm. I don't I just don't know how I feel about it I'm fully expecting us to, to trounce Watford like we always do I don't I don't see anything that they've done as as being a big threat to us and and you know you can't help but look at it and think that's all going to go horribly wrong there. Um, and we'll probably be eating those words, but come the end of the season when they win the league by twenty points, and, <laughs> you know, haven't lost a game. But it just it just feels all wrong. It just doesn't. It's just. I mean, what, you know, they don't. What identity have they got anymore? They're just they're just part of a feeder network for someone else. It's just really really weird. Um, One thing we can hope though is that we catch them before that team gels, before they get all these mm. new players in, and they've had time to. Establish themselves as a good, a good side. So hopefully, it is well, the perfect it. time to be playing them. Really, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. We've obviously all of our new signings in and gelling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking to uh, transfers just really quickly. Um, yeah. Going back on that point, there was a rumor today that they've signed in Noé Pamaro. Do you remember him? Ex Tottenham yeah, Pompey. Yeah. yeah, he's a Granada player as well. So that's another one they're looking at a loan from Granada to come over and. And do that. Yeah, it's, it's all loans. It's all, it's all yeah. it's, from, from those know, two clubs. Anything themselves. It's a very odd situation. But um, okay, well, let's get some predictions, chaps. Uh, what are you thinking, Ben? One uh, 0 Palace. Nicholas. I I predict one all. Mm. I think. Ooh, I burped. I think we're going to win three 0 that's what um, I like it, Christopher. So we yeah. won't beat Exeter, but we'll thrash Watford. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the way it's going to go this season. I think by the time up. we, I honestly think by the time we play Watford, people will be feeling a bit brighter about things. I think we'll probably have a couple of players in, um, and it'll it will just refresh everything. And I think people don't quite realise how much they've missed football. They've missed Palace, and I think there's a few people who, who would have decided, oh, I'm not going to get my ticket this year, what load of rubbish in last year, be kicking themselves when we play Watford. They'll be really wishing they were there on opening day. And I think there's going to be a massive outwarming of positivity, and we'll be, yeah, and we're going to win the league or something. There you go. Just imagine what it would have been like without the Olympics. God, yeah, blown up, wouldn't it? It would have done, yeah. And we were talking. Unfortunately, we ran out of time to talk about the Olympics, and we were gonna, we were gonna have a little bit of a discussion on that, weren't we, Nick? We had a great pre-show discussion on it. I don't know. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll bring that some other time. But, um, but for now, uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, there will be a podcast of this later on if you want to catch it again. And actually, uh, thank you if you're listening on the podcast. And uh, so goodbye, chaps, and goodbye everyone listening. Bye now. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 
0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.